Hello, freaks. Bass Squad Radio Podcast. If you haven't noticed, that was my little homage to Joe Rogan. That's how he opens up his podcasts every day, or every time he has one. And if you haven't checked that out, please do it. It's If you're into, like, introspective thinking and maybe you just want to hear someone talk for three hours with some other guest, it's, it's really, really a good podcast. I, I think I've promoted it before. It's the Joe Rogan Experience. You can either get it off his website or online on iTunes. So it's a pretty solid podcast. Uh, yeah. And other things you got to check out. I just posted, well, I made, I just posted a video of all the fish we caught and just a mix of the kind of try to encapsulate the entire weekend of Lake Gunnersville in the water. I made a YouTube video with a bunch of songs about 15 minutes long. So check that one out. Um, all of GoPro footage, use the GoPro, uh, the GoPro studio yeah, but uh, we're having some problems with uh, the licensing or something like that because, I don't know, Sony BMG uh, Music Group has really weird restrictions, even though I downloaded all the uh, songs I used on iTunes. But So we're, you're just not able to view it on a mobile device. You can still view it on a computer, um, a P, any PC, Mac. It doesn't really matter. It's just, I don't know if you've noticed this ever, if you've looked up a song on your phone and you know you've seen the video to it before, but you can't bring it up on your phone. That's just, there's some weird contract issues. So I'm not too worried about it. I mean, <laughs> I don't think they're going to sue me for promoting their songs on the, on my highlight video and not to mention they don't really care about fishing anyways. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's that. Uh, you can see that on YouTube and subscribe to our channel, please. I beg you. Uh, also check out our Twitter stuff. We got a lot of stuff going on. So, yeah, it's been a busy, busy couple days back, um, filling orders for the website, um, a lot of other stuff. So I haven't done a nerd report in a while, so I think I'm going to, this is a nerd slash hippie report, and you'll find out in a minute. Um, yeah, so I just got done reading uh, Graham Hancock's book, uh, Supernatural. It's It's basically about the influence of psychedelic drugs on humanity and civilizations in the distant, distant past. Uh, there's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I'm not 100% subscribed to every single thing that it, that it, uh, promotes, but I'm not really into that whole deal, but it's, it's kind of cool. It, it actually, cause there's like this thing in, in human evolution where now I'm not a scientist, so I don't quote me on anything, but they're not still a hundred percent sure on where the, like 400,000 years ago or whatever, we had this major jump in cognitive function from from apes to uh, Homo sapiens, so or the early hominids to Homo sapiens, where there was just this huge cognitive jump where we were able to reason, we were able to feel empathy, that kind of stuff. So nobody really knows what it is, and he's theorizing that it was the use of psychedelic mushrooms and other potential hallucinogenic plants. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy actually. There's I'm not gonna get into everything because he just covers a million topics. The guy is absolutely a monster when it comes to <laughs> delving deeper and deeper and deeper. It's pretty cool. He's a really good author. If you're into uh, fringe thinking, I really really suggest giving him a, a read. Fingerprints of the Gods is what got me turned on to him. But sorry, my ADD is kicking in again. <laughs> um, I forget what I was. Saying. Yeah. So so what they're doing? They've done studies with. Uh, uh, psilocybin mushrooms recently and because there's cave paintings in France that depict you know 
the normal hunting scenes and stuff like that, but they're really starting to figure out that they didn't actually paint scenes. They were painting visions from some recent translation of the uh, interior of the caves. So there was also pictures of crazy weird things that looked like aliens and just strange paintings of animals with human heads and humans with animal heads and all kinds of really odd things. With A lot of snakes are used in it, um, all the cave paintings. So what they did was they just recently did a study, and this was totally unrelated to the cave paintings. They did a study of, of the effects of psilocybin mushrooms, and they asked the participants to paint or draw or describe what they saw. And actually, it's pretty strikingly similar to the inside of those cave paintings. So what they're thinking is, is those early, early humans, the 40,000, 50,000 years ago, actually, because the psilocybin mushroom grow around where the caves actually are, pretty, it's the, the environment suitable for the natural growth of them. Uh, yeah, so they depict the exact same things the caves do as the study. So it's pretty, pretty good evidence that and on, you know, the Mayans and their really strange depictions of things all, all kind of revolve around uh, what a actual mushroom trip would be. So, I don't know, take that for what it is if you want to check it out. Graham Hancock, Supernatural, very good book. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm going to get on to get onto the podcast right now with the bass fishing stuff. I'm done with the hippie talk. Um yeah, I'm going to talk about the Bassmaster Classic. Not that I've talked that about ad nauseum the last couple podcasts. So I'm not done with the Bassmaster Classic after after this one. Um, I hopefully I'm probably bring it up, but but yeah, no. So I figured out uh, also I figured out a way to get over winter depression in Wisconsin because I'm pretty damn depressed right now. I uh, just got back from the water, so and I'm coming back to minus 20 degree Fahrenheit or minus 20 degree wind chill every single day, and it is just ridiculous up here. This winter will not break. So what I'm starting to do is uh, the gym that I go to is Planet Fitness, um, and they have you know a lot of fitness equipment, massage beds, tanning beds, stuff like that. So what I did today is I actually went in there with my Costa Del Mar sunglasses on and a cutoff T-shirt and just went to the tanning bed. And now that when I take my shirt off and stuff, at least it looks like I've been fishing. So just, just take that for what it is. You guys can try it out. It's pretty fun. Actually, I don't really do that. This is just a joke. But, yeah, so uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm just going to get on to might as well start talking about the classic. Um, I don't know if you guys read my blog on my we- on the website, uh, bassquadcorp.com. There's a blog section. I recently posted one about my feelings after the classic and I don't know I, I don't generally talk about emotions coming over me and stuff like that but this classic was something completely different and now not to take away from last year's classic but the, the emotion wasn't really there if you guys watched it I mean obviously I'm sure Cliff Pace has his own way of uh, expressing his emotions but he just it just didn't, it wasn't really evident to me when I watched it. And, you know, you kind of you kind of pull for certain guys. You pull for the stories. You pull for whatever. Nobody was even expecting Howell to do anything. So what we, we, we did is uh, our initial plan was to follow Jason Christie and Randall Tharp and Edwin Evers because they were all fishing the same creek, and so was Adifo, I'm pretty sure. 
Uh, but it was like 30-mile runway upriver, and they all took off, and we just wanted to watch all the boats take off. So once we once we watched that happen, we were just like, you know what, screw it. So we went back to the creek. We fished in all week, or all the, those three days. And Jordan Lee was around there, and he sacked them again. I mean, it was just awesome for a college angler to take sixth. So that was, I mean, it is his home lake, and he showed up, and it was just, it was really cool to see as a former college angler myself to see that uh, side of the sport starting to take off. Now he's, I'm sure he's going to make a pro rut one day. He's a absolute beast when it comes to uh, talking in front of the camera. He knows how to fire crowds up, even though he uses the cliche by screaming his uh, his college's chant, which is or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know what it's called. I'm not from the SEC, so bear with me. <laughs> but uh, he says War Eagle. The crowd fires up. You know the whole deal. Uh, I forget where I even was. Yeah, so we went, uh, we went to the creek, we were fishing, and again, nobody was fishing the exact spot we were, and we went back there, checked it out, water temp was 61 and a half, and no mud, so I think that we found, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the video, but we clearly had something going, um, obviously we used Alabama rigs sometimes, so actually, Bass Bites AK rigs, which is developed by, uh, by my buddy Adam, and he's selling them. He's made a huge bunch of molds, and we convinced him to start selling them. So look for those on my website soon, or on Bass Squad's website very soon. <clears throat> they they are they are very good. Um, the components he uses are 100% like the best components on, for the wires. I mean, generally I've used regular Alabama rigs before, and after five or ten fish, you know, 20 fish, the, the wires start to break, or some of the components suck, but now his his are his are top notch and I don't know we'll we'll be putting pictures up there soon and you guys definitely gotta check those out and support him too so once again my ADD has jumped me into a corner and I don't know oh yeah okay um yeah so we were back in that creek and you know we caught most of our fish on Al I mean he caught a few big ones on Alabama but we caught our three biggest on just single swim baits. Uh, and rattle traps, but you know that's generally what most of the guys are doing is throwing traps. But I read an article today in, uh, in the FLW magazine that kind of makes sense. Never really thought of it this way, but it was like breaking down mathematically why a bass, that bigger largemouth, chooses larger baits, and it's not just because they're bigger and they want bigger things. It's because it doesn't make any. It's like it just doesn't trying to word this right without it in front of me. It doesn't make any sense for a bass to eat anything that's smaller than 20%, I want to say, of its body length because it just, the amount of effort it takes to get it isn't isn't returned in the, the size of the fish, so, the fish that it eats. So it prefers bigger baits, which kind of makes sense, and it was evident this week. I mean, we did catch three really good ones on swim baits. So now that obviously doesn't hold true all the time. I mean... Reaction baits are different. Rattle traps are really tiny, but, you know, giants will, will hit that too. So, um, once again, off topic. But yeah, so we were in uh, we were in the back of the creek, and then we, it was like nine, 8, 8 o'clock, I would say, 7.45, and we were just like, you know what? We had such a good time on the first two days at the expo. Or wait, yeah, the first two days at the expo. So we wanted to go back, and we were just like, you know what, screw it. We're just going to pull out the water. So we drive back and then we launch right by Spring Creek. So we were driving and all of a sudden, you know, we seen, 
under the bridge, we seen Howell's boat. So we were just like, you know what? He's in 10 or 11 pounds back, whatever. We'll just go take a look and see what he's doing. So as we put underneath the boat, there's 20 people on the on the bridge and maybe six boats, and he's got a fish on, and it's his seven. So we're like, okay, well, let's watch this. I mean, I have legitimately never been a part of or never seen anything quite like what he did. I have... I mean, I'm trying to quantify this into something that I can explain, but he put on an absolute clinic, and whatever video is out is not going to do it justice. I mean, that guy, every single cast was on point. His boat control was impeccable. His timing was unbelievable. He would take breaks to let his fish reload, and he would stay in the same spot doing that. There was a bridge. He was making a cast to the point, you know, for 15, 20 minutes, shoot over to the other side, make cast at that point, cast underneath the bridge, cast underneath the bridge, with all with the same crankbait. Now, I could I couldn't uh I couldn't believe how how just how well he controlled his rod, how well he just handled the crowd. He was jumping around, pumping the crowd up. And when he was doing that, I was watching something that I only dream of achieving, like that is getting in the zone like he does, and that's just a, such a cliche thing. But he was, I mean, he was riding a wave. And I was watching him, and I was, like, talking to Casey and Adam. I'm like, this, he's going to win. I don't even care. I don't need to see anybody else. But the way that he was riding that, every single time, he would cast, he would get three, four, five fish in a row, and every one was a good one. And I'm like, it's just a matter of time before he gets the giant. And he would screw around the crankbait a little bit, put on a swim bait, throw that for a few times. And he was just making every single right decision there was. So, I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to, hard to put into words, like I said. But when I, when I kind of figured that, I was like, I don't care who, what Randall Tharp comes in with today, Edwin's winning. Or, I mean, Edwin. Randy's winning in this classic. And, it, and he, he knew it, too. And it's just one of those things where you just have that gut feeling. And I've been there plenty of times where I've had – a not so good a day, but just for whatever, something came over me and said, you know, you're going to win this tournament. And I went into the weigh-in super confident, and then it turned out being true that we, it's just, it's something that I can't really describe to someone who's not really that much into tournament fishing or whatever. I mean, yeah, people want to say that you'll never know what anybody else has, and you've been wrong before. Yeah, I've been wrong before too, but there's times when you just know. And I think he knew because it was evident when he weighed in I don't know if what else they'll all show, but I mean, I, I'm getting it right now. I mean, chills went down my spine when I saw him, when I saw him weigh in 29 and a half, 29, eight or whatever, whatever it was. And he was like the fourth boat to weigh in. I don't know. It was really early. Um, Mercer asks him, tells him to explain your day. And he said, you know, in 21 years of bass fishing and he just broke down and started crying. And, you could tell his face was puffy, his nose was running. He, he was crying the whole drive, which is an hour and 20 minutes, back to the back to the weigh-in from the lake. Now, he said, I don't even care if I win. I just, it was just unbelievable. And, you know, he just, he couldn't contain himself. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it was just something to see. And then, you know, he's got then into his, Super Six come in, and Paul Mueller actually comes in with within a pound of him, and he just lost it. I mean, 
people say they don't remember second place, but I think a lot of people are going to remember that guy. That was an unbelievable performance he put on. To only have nine pounds the first day on Lake Gunnersville and come back and take second within a pound of the lead, a pound of winning it. And he's a federation guy, so that was really sweet to see. But So then, you know, Tharp comes in, and Howell watches him weigh in from the hot seat, and he was three, four pounds back, and Howell took a big sigh of relief. And then Evers is coming in. And I was watching Howell freaking out. He was pacing. He was, I mean, I've never seen a guy act like that on the on the, uh, on the the hot seat. So it was just really, really cool to see all the emotions. That's exactly how I would act. I have just crazy anxiety problems when it comes to nerves. I have since I was younger. I've thrown up before track meets, before tournaments, all, all kinds of things just because my nerves get over me. But I saw Howell freaking out, and Edwin is just calm as can be in the in the boat. He's signing autographs, he's talking to people in the crowd, and I'm just like, you know what? If Edwin had a bag to match Howells, he would not be doing that. And I don't care. I mean, he, he may, but I feel like he was. He knew he wasn't going to win, so he just did what he had to do, and, how, and when he weighed in, Howell grabbed his hat off his head and just bent down, broke down again when, when Evers didn't eclipse his weight. And I, I mean, seriously, I started to just get emotional just watching him. And all of a sudden he grabs the trophy, the confetti flies down, he's losing his mind. He can't even talk because it's just the emotions are running through him. Just, I mean, I, my heart's just pumping right now. I mean, just thinking, I cannot wait to watch it this weekend. I hope that they use, uh, utilize some of the footage that he has on his GoPro. One reason, because <laughs> when we pulled out, we pulled out around 12 o'clock to go, uh, like 11.45, to go to the uh, – go to the expo. So we actually had to pass over the bridge he was fishing with my truck. So so I'm if you watch the video recap, uh you can list you can hear me actually. Um at four thirty two, um Randy Howell has a fish in his hands and you hear a honking from the freeway and then someone says, Bring it home Randy and that was me. So that's my claim to fame. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I mean it was it was just awesome, and he, you know, you couldn't ask for a better dude to be, to be uh, representing the sport, and you know, people, people have given him just unnecessary flack. I saw on Twitter and Facebook, it's just ridiculous. The people that were just fine things to talk shit about, and I couldn't believe they were talking shit about him promoting the Livingston lures that he had to dig through his box to find one. Why is that bad? You know. He said he was using a Rapala DT6, DT6 in the craw color. Just because he went through and tried to find one of his sponsors' bait, even though it might not have been the best option, what's wrong with that? That's the, that's the point of the sport. Now, one of the points of the sport, I mean, that's, you're obligated to do some things, and that's one of the things you're obligated to do. Now, I'm going to briefly talk about me personally uh, with sponsorships and and stuff like that. I don't currently have any personal sponsors. Um, one of the reasons is I don't necessarily want to promote something that I don't 100% believe in. I don't want to fall into that trap. No, I would, if I'm Randy Howell, I'm going to stick to whatever I said, whatever he said at Rapala DT6, you know, even if I was sponsored by Lucky Craft or something like that, I would say what I was using. Because everybody doesn't use what they're sponsors. I mean, whatever people say, I mean, it, it, some things are just better, you know, I'm sure... Todd Faircloth uses a Bill Lewis rattle trap every once in a while. I mean, things catch fish, and I'm sure he does it instead of striking a red eye shot, whatever. You know, that's just the way it goes. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to 
promote something that I don't believe in. Like I said, uh, I'm I'm more so not going to pursue things either that much. I'd like to, I don't know, it's hard, it's a hard media. It's more of a gray area than a black and white, much just like everything pretty much in life that you run into. I more, more so want to establish a relationship with a company and then be pursued saying, hey, we would like to sponsor you and do whatever to promote our product. That's what I want to do. I'm not going to ever be one of those guys. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm right in saying that because I think it's just going to build a strong relationship with the company and, you know, something that you believe in. So I'm not going to be one of those guys who sends out a million resumes to potential suitors just just to say that I'm going to sponsor Bass Fisherman. Now, I'm sure a lot of people have seen stuff about these 30 percenters, whatever, you know, you want to call them. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. What they do, they're promoting the sport. They're growing the sport. That's great. I don't really, but I just choose not to do it. I mean, I'm not gonna be one of those guys simply back because, just because some Johnny shit pants rod company wants to give me 10% off of their stuff does not mean I'm gonna be using it or I'm gonna be <laughs> promoting something that I don't want to, you know, don't think is gonna help the sport. You know, I, I just don't know. It's just. I got a little off topic there. I'm, I apologize, but yeah, I want to bring it back to uh, the Howell thing before I get <laughs> before I get ranty and basically recant everything Ted said. Um, you know, Randy Howell is clearly a Christian. I'm going to get into a little little topic here. Clearly a Christian. A lot of them are. Clearly, they are religious people. Now. Is that bad? No. There's nothing wrong with it. I have nothing against anybody who wants to promote what they believe in. Like I said, what the, whether it be religion, whatever. Now, he was talking about, now, just because it's something that I choose not to 100% participate in doesn't mean to make me a bad guy. I mean, I've had arguments with somebody, you know, saying, I, I don't, it's just, just ridiculous arguments because I'm not a Christian that, oh, well, you know, you need this, you need that to be a good person. I'm like, no, I don't. I mean, I'm a good dude. I'm a good person regardless. I know right from wrong. I know killing someone's bad. <laughs> I mean, there's the, it's just one of those things. I don't, I don't want to get into this topic because I'm an, I don't want to burn any bridges because obviously I have nothing against it. I went to Catholic school for 12 years of my life. I know everything about the faith and I know everything about the religion that needs to be known. So nothing against it. I have absolutely no problems with it. Uh, I mean, I forget, yeah, it's just my stupid ADD, I swear to God, it's getting bad today. I don't know, I don't know why, maybe it's because I'm doing it mid-afternoon, not, uh, not late at night like I normally do when I'm a little bit more calm. But, you know, he was talking about, uh, you know, something, when he went, he was going to his spot where his, he told his camera boats, Randy Hall that is, told his camera boats, he was going, and he said, something came over me. He calls. He chooses to call it God. I choose to call it something else. And he just turned around. He went. He he completely went against what he had planned to do because he had a feeling. Now that's part of getting in the zone. I mean, the fact that he won the tournament because of that gut feeling. I mean, you got you can't discount that. Even though there's not it's not measurable, nothing like that. I mean, he had a feeling. And he, you've got to listen to your gut sometimes. I mean, I don't know. 
it's it's one of those things that I 100% believe in when I'm listening to my gut feeling when it comes to something. I have a bad feeling about something, I don't do it. I have a good feeling about something, I generally jump at it. I'm not one. I take a lot of risks in my life, uh, and they pay off a lot of times. Sometimes they don't. I mean, a lot of times they don't. But, you know, I, but I have tremendously tremendously benefited from listening to my gut almost every single time whether I mean even though even if it led to a struggle I kind of uh, subscribe to the theory that struggling it, everything 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 good that you have in your life came from a struggle if you think about it at least at some point anything worthwhile came from somewhere that you were down deep you know somewhere that you you might have been stuck somewhere, but then you look back and it's like, wow, that is one of the changing points in my life. And I revert back to when I screwed up my leg really bad in high school. I was depressed as hell, but it made me such a strong person. It, it it's it's unbelievable. And don't don't quit if you're struggling about something. If you're down deep, you know you got no money this week. Week actually, I don't know what happened, but some IRS issue happened with my bank account, and I got drained almost completely of money. <laughs> it was a real kick in the face. But, you know, fuck it. I mean, I just took it as another thing that I got to just deal with, and I'm going to learn from it eventually, and, you know, who knows what can happen. It, it, every single thing, you know, you develop such a stronger personality if you deal with a lot of struggle. Look at, what ha look at fucking Bieber and Miley Cyrus. They were famous when they were eight years old. They never went through struggles in their life. And look what's that. Their, their lives are a complete mess and they're 19, 20 years old. That's someone who didn't go through any struggles in their life because th their mind doesn't develop right. Now, this you might be in a just really down, weird part of your life, but you got to know if you just keep grinding at it, something's going to work out. Uh, I mean, look at this. We, we I, I want to tell a quick story about, you know, high school again. This reverts back to my... And if you guys want to listen to the... the uh, me explain, I, I was in... Football accident, and I got addicted to pain medication. I got depressed real bad. If you, it's one of my first, I think it's second or third podcast. But I mean, we went my my so I rehabbed really good, and I got back my senior season for football. And football was like my life. Uh, I've always wanted to play in college and stuff like that, but I've always been kind of small, so I've relied on speed and agility, stuff like that. I was terrible in defense. I'm afraid to get hit, so I run around people. But so, like my football coach, high school, I had a great football coach my sophomore and junior year, and he was there 100% for my uh, my recovery. And you know, he was pushing me because he wanted me to, you know, look at my gym. He was just an influential guy in my life. His name is Justin Frisky. Um, coaches football in Wisconsin, somewhere around here in high school. So, well, anyways, he he ended up leaving my. Uh, my senior year, right before uh, before the school year ended, my junior year, I think. So, so I uh, that I took that pretty hard, and that was another struggle in my life I had to deal with. And turns out, the guy that they replaced with, he was around the program at, in high school, and he he uh, he saw my injury, and he my, my my other football coach, Justin, he. He really worked with me, and he wanted me to get back 100%. He knew the potential that I had, and he saw the drive in my eyes because once I got, once I kicked the medication and, you know, stuff like that, he saw that just a new life come over me, and he was always there, and, and ended up, he ended up getting a really good job at a different high school. So, I mean, more power to him. He's just loving it right now. He's 
doing really good, and he's he's a great dude, and he's one of the most motivating guys in, I've ever been a part or been around. Anyway, so this new football coach comes in that I had. I mean, he was my gym teacher. He was. I mean, he was an okay guy, but he didn't see the struggles that I went through to get back to putting a uniform on a year after I had a really bad accident where I was told I was never going to be able to run fully again. So he doesn't start me. He doesn't start me, you know, and I keep telling him, I'm like, Hey coach, I am fine. I'm like, (laughs) I had the fastest 40 time on the team. I'm clearly not, you know, it's hampering me, but he doesn't know that. I mean, it's painful, but I, you know, I was completely cleared everything. He just, just refused to play me. You know, and I, again, one of those things that I just got down on myself and it was, wasn't my fault, but, you know, after I kind of realized the fact that it wasn't, it wasn't me, I, he, you know, and then he ended up saying the banquet and he goes, you know, I really wanted to play Tyler, but you know, he was just his ankle injury. He was always telling me it was bothering me. You know, go fuck yourself. You know, that's all I wanted to say to him. And so I, what I set out to do is I was like, you know what, I'm going to prove this guy wrong and ended up being one of the best six months period of my life where I went, just went to the gym hard and I ran every single day and I worked out and I was going to, you know, I ended up being like a huge, I mean, I ended up setting the records, a couple records at school and track and, you know, taking a bunch of conference championships, bunch of, you know, medals, stuff like that. And, and, And I, my favorite thing wasn't the medals. It wasn't the recognition I got. It was going back to my coach and, you know, saying, hey, uh, guess my ankle is better. You know, stuff like that. That just gives me – that kind of stuff is just fires me up. And so using someone who's trying to demotivate you as motivation is one of the best things ever. Um, I don't know what point I'm trying to make, <laughs> make here. I think I was going back with uh, struggling and sticking with it. I mean, obviously we all go through stuff just a matter of how you deal with it is the way to do it. So this is kind of a deeper podcast, like a couple of them. I mean, I'm not always going to be, you know, we're not always going to be jumping around acting like morons like Casey and I were doing and making people laugh and telling funny stories. So I'm just going to stick with this one for this time. Uh, hopefully, I don't know, well, whatever. That's just the kind of the mood I was in today. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm going to keep this one kind of short, I think. So they're 30 minutes in right now. Time just absolutely flies with these things. It's so much fun. I haven't had any, you know, even though these are completely free, and I'm not getting paid for it, this is one of the things I look forward to most in the day is just getting out. Do the rewards that is, if you guys don't have one, or if you guys, let's say you're interested in building model airplanes or doing something weird, everybody, there's going to be more people interested in it, I guarantee you. You know, so try podcasting. It's It's a fun thing to do. It's like a journal. I mean, I used to write in a journal. I used to write all the time, and this is the, this is a fucking digital journal. <laughs> I mean, it's just me recording myself talking, and then it, it, people like it. it. It's plus I have ADD real bad. Bill Burr's podcast. He was talking about it, and it kind of rings home to me. It, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to talk for half an hour, forty five minutes by myself. Um, but yeah, so we uh, talk about us for a little bit. We haven't really been catching flack at all for what we've been doing. And, you know, I I am very, very surprised, to be completely honest. I, I had predictions in the beginning as we started. And we were kind of – we're not big yet, but we're we're starting to gain some steam, I think. People are starting to recognize us a little bit more. Uh, 
it's just been such an awesome experience hearing people, you know, some guys saying, oh, you know, what you guys are doing, I'm starting a company now. It just, I mean, I couldn't, I can never believe, I, I, I never even dreamed of being, having influence over people like that. It, it's awesome. And now we're going to do all we can to continue to give back to people and continue to help people out when they ask questions, whatever they want to do. You know, it's just, it's so rewarding in so many different ways, not monetarily. I mean, we haven't made a dime yet. I mean, pretty much as far as selling stuff, you know, we have a lot, we're, we're just, whatever, we're just having a great time doing this. And, and I'm never going to charge for any, any podcasts. It's just, it's too, it's too rewarding for me to, to, to want to charge someone for it. But yeah, so we haven't caught any flack. I, th- I thought for sure there'd be somebody that had a problem with us swearing, us making fun of bass fishing. But it's actually, we've been well-received by pretty much everybody. I haven't really found anybody that has a really bad problem with us. Now, keep it going. I mean, thanks. I appreciate it so much. We uh, we all appreciate it. It's, it's just one of those things that uh, we're going to just continue to continue to grind until this thing takes off. Uh, don't have anything else, I don't think. Uh, that's a 30-minute podcast. It seemed like it was three minutes. So, uh, yeah, um, I'll be probably having uh, another podcast. Uh, again, if you guys want to potentially advertise on here, we're always open to listening to what you have to say. And if you want to just email us at BassSquadCorp at gmail.com. That's Bass squad c-o-r-p at gmail.com uh follow us on twitter um oh let me just plug one of things we're associated with i mean profound outdoors we i've been told we we uh we're part of that whole deal i don't know probably it's probably it's catching a little bit more steam now you kind of hear a little bit more about it we use their swim bait heads this week and that's primarily all we use and it was i mean they're phenomenal jigs so if you want to order them or just look at them, they're, the components they use are really good. I mean, it's not, nobody really mentioned it in the classic. I don't know if anybody really used it, but they're pretty solid, solid uh, jigs, and they have cool products, so check it out. Uh, if you want to join our team, if you want to just order off of our stuff, if you want to just check it out for yourself, go to profoundoutdoors.com backslash LLC. That's not Bass Squad Corp. That's backslash Bass Squad LLC. That's a shameless plug right there. Um, oh, um, got to get them to email email me real quick. Uh, let me just quickly check. I'm going to pause the podcast real soon. Yeah, forget it. I'll, I'll just get them to email me some other time. Sorry about that uh, little break in the thing. But uh, check out uh, utility.com. That's U-T-I-L-T. Wait. Let me, let me, I'm so stupid. I can't spell when it comes to out loud. Okay. It's U-T-I-L-I-T-E-E dot, I think it's just followed at utility on Twitter. And then the website should be on there. But my cousin, uh, he started this company. And if you're interested in baseball at all, uh, pretty sweet idea. I have no idea what it is, what it entails. It's a baseball thing and then it's foreign to me. So check that out if you guys want to. It's just a new way of looking at a baseball tee. It gives you instant feedback. I think that's what he was saying. So that's. A, I apologize, Johnny. That's a bad advertisement. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so check that out. 
Uh, it's Bowmeyer Sports is the company. So, yeah, um, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast. We're going to try to get this bad boy on iTunes. Um, I'm going to work on that today, I think. Um, seeing if we can't find some R- RSS feed. Maybe we're going to check out some other outlets, but we're going to try and get this on iTunes. So I think it's a pretty small feed for us to be able to upload on iTunes. So to make it a little bit easier for you guys to get a hold of this stuff. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just keep uh, keep listening and keep on dreaming. <laughs> okay, guys, peace out. Thanks a lot for listening.